is happening? It's Brent Dax, and we're live here on the Syracuse Orange Basketball Facebook page. Coming off the heels of a pretty tough loss for Syracuse at the Carrier Dome tonight, NC State 79, Syracuse 74, a game that was very important if Syracuse is going to have any life, any chance to get to the NCAA tournament. They needed this one. They still got some big games up ahead. Florida State on Saturday, Louisville to follow that. But uh, the window is closing rapidly for Syracuse in terms of its NCAA tournament. Chances they just have to keep winning down the stretch. They absolutely need to beat, I think, both Florida State and Louisville now just to be in that conversation short of you know winning the ACC tournament or something of that nature. So the postseason picture is starting to get a little, depending on how you look at it, more clear or murkier uh, for the Orange. And it was a run tonight for NC State down the stretch that clinched this. Syracuse's struggles at the three-point line really hurt. But the biggest story of this game occurred early, and it was interesting to see how Syracuse overcame it and was looking good for a while until the end. And that big story was Elijah Hughes. Jim Beheim just saying it at his post-game press conference in 44 years as head coach has never had a player get hurt during warm-ups. Well, it happened tonight. Elijah Hughes with the lower body injury appeared to be a, a thigh or maybe up towards the groin area. And he's already in a separate injury, has had a, a brace on his lower leg. This was a different injury that he suffered in warmups. He tried to play, but he got pulled out very early in the game. Bryson Goodine comes in for Elijah, and you can see he was in clear discomfort. They evaluated him throughout the game. Uh, worked on him at halftime, but as uh, we saw, he did not get back into the game. And Jim saying at the press conference afterwards that his status is unclear at this point. So uh, all around a tough night for the Orange. Glad that you guys are back. I would like to remind you that not only do we do this live, thanks to our friends at Krause Health, we put this up in two ways for you to catch it. If you don't catch it live on YouTube, on the Syracuse Orange Sports page, and we also make a podcast out of this as well if you prefer the audio experience and that is at syracuse.com podcasts on itunes or spotify stitcher wherever you get your pods all right let's jump in on this one because it was a very tough night for syracuse down the stretch now they had the lead with about uh 68 62 about six minutes to go syracuse looking good getting tough baskets joe gerard who has 30 points tonight and the fact that joe gerard scored 30 in hughes absence and only one three-pointer for a kid who's known for his three-point shooting, uh, he was one of 10 overall. We'll go over the complete numbers here in a second here. It was pretty incredible. Joe was getting in the paint. He was taking tough shots. He was spurring on the crowd and, you know, kind of took over the leadership role for this team because Buddy Beheim really struggled in this game for Syracuse. Markel Johnson was all over him defensively. NC State made sure to make his life miserable throughout the night. Joe steps up. Quincy Garrier steps up. For Syracuse inside points, rebounds, stayed out of foul trouble in this game. And it looked like Syracuse just might pull one off. It looked like the Orange might just tough their way, kind of scrap their way to a win. But the big difference in this one tonight, really a couple of things. But, you know, you look at these stats in this one, the one that really stands out. So both teams shoot 25 times or make 25 field goals, I should say. NC State 25 of 48, they're 52 percent. 11 of 25 from three-point range, that stings if you're a Syracuse fan to hear, 44%. The Orange, 25 of 64, that's 39%, 3 of 18 from three-point range. That's Buddy having a bad night, that's Elijah Hughes not being there, and Joe Girard only making one three-pointer on the night. 
that stings for the Orange. They shoot just 16% there. NC State was 18-28 from the free throw line, 64%. Missed a bunch down the stretch, but Syracuse couldn't make that happen. Another big stat in this game. Not only was points in the paint, which Syracuse really dominated in this one, and it was looking like that's how they were going to win this game, 40-26. to Syracuse beats NC State points in the paint. But a closer look here. So Syracuse turns the ball over in this game 15 times, which is a lot more than normal, but as we said, some turnovers down the stretch in a 15-2 NC State run. Syracuse turned the ball over three times in that run. They turned the ball over six times overall down the stretch. Of those 15 turnovers, NC State gets 23 points off turnovers. Now go the other way. NC State turned the ball over a bunch in this game, 19 times. Syracuse only got 12 points off of those turnovers. That was turning the ball over themselves, missing three-point shots. There was a lot of layups and close buckets missed in this game for the Orange. So those two stats really tell the tale here. Just to give you some individual numbers, we mentioned Gerard tonight scores 30 points, and the fact that he goes 1 of 10 from three-point range and still scored 30 points tells you the night that he had. He was 9 of 22, got to the free-throw line 12 times, goes 11 of 2. Marek Doljai, 13 and 3 for the Orange tonight. Four fouls for him, not quite the foul trouble he had gotten in recent games, but did pick up a fourth foul late. We mentioned Quincy Garrier stepping up for Syracuse, 16 points, 10 rebounds for him. Only one foul on the night after he fouled out uh, against Wake Forest the other day. Garrier logging 37 minutes in this one with Hughes out and a bunch of guys needing to step up. Jesse Edwards had to play 13 minutes. Made some nice defensive plays in this game, but some mistakes down the stretch. Three points, four rebounds for him. And that's the thing with Gerard. As good as Gerard played, when Syracuse is up six, 68-62, he tried a lot pass to Jesse Edwards that didn't work, and that kind of started the run for NC State. It lit the fuse for NC State to get back in this one. We mentioned their consistency from the three-point line, and they just kept cashing in there. A couple other numbers to throw at you from the Syracuse side of things. We mentioned the night that Buddy Bayheim had a real struggle for him. He ends up with 10 points, 4 of 15 shooting the ball. He did hit a couple of threes in the second half. Turned the ball over five times, though. Uh, one of his worst games of the season, frankly. He really struggled out there for the Orange. Barama Sidibe, not much from him. Two points, three rebounds, and he fouled out. That's now the fourth straight game he's fouled out of and seven straight games where he's had four fouls or more for Syracuse. On the NC State side of things, uh, it was Daniels who really stepped up for NC State. Devin Daniels went 8 of 15, 53% from the field, 2 of 6 from three-point range, and Daniels also 5 of 9 from the free-throw line. Nobody was good. Everybody that got to the free-throw line for NC State missed. You know, Thunderberg was back tonight for NC State, but he got into foul trouble. He had just nine points and four rebounds. Uh, Beverly, the three-point threat for NC State, just one three-pointer on the night. C.J. Bryce, though, hit four from long range. He ends up with 19 points. Daniels with a couple. Johnson with a couple. Markel Johnson, who played terrific defense on Buddy Bayheim tonight. So it was kind of a mixture of, let's see, six different NC State players hitting from three-point range to go 11 of 25. Syracuse counters with a 3 of 18 run from three, and it just wasn't good enough. So good effort without Elijah Hughes. We got a sneak preview of what Syracuse basketball could really look like next year, but some mistakes, some turnovers, some defensive lapses, which is not a surprise. It's just not a good defensive Syracuse team, as we know, cost them. And now that window is starting to shut pretty closed for the Orange when it comes to the NCAA tournament discussion. If they can beat both Florida State and Louisville and kind of maintain and 
just hang in there. They might still have a chance. The bubble's wide open as we speak. Virginia Tech and Notre Dame are playing. That's a big bubble game, and it's just going to be the case over the next few weeks. But if Syracuse does lose, I think either one of the Florida State and Louisville games, it's going to be tough for this team to be considered a serious contender for the tournament, short of a deep ACC tournament run or winning the darn thing which uh, seems unlikely for a team in the way they're playing right now. So not over by any stretch, but this was a very important game for Syracuse. They had to have it to really seriously stay in the conversation. Now they've got to make a pretty miracle run here to win two on the road against two of the best teams in the ACC. Might be too much uh, of an order for the Syracuse basketball team. But in a weird season, you just got to watch how it plays out. All right, let's see. What you guys are saying in the comments here, appreciate you coming by. As always, make sure you tell me where you're watching from. Always appreciate you guys telling me from all over the world where you're hanging with us here on Facebook tonight. Tiffany says you have to bench Buddy when he plays like anyone else. Would have given more and less turnovers. You know, Buddy's your best three-point shooter. He's your best scorer. Who do you bench him for in that case? Do you put Bryson in at the two? You don't have a lot of options there. When Buddy struggles, you just have to ride it out because he's your only three-point threat out there, particularly with Joe not hitting his threes, and, he, and you don't have Elijah Hughes out there. Jake saying the freshman did a great job stepping up. If Hughes was healthy, they would have won this game. I think it kind of feels like that, too. Shannon says terrible loss. Again, had a lead and lost it. I don't get why the refs have it out for Marek, but they seem to get at least one bad foul for him per game, but he's a great player. Daryl says, just in case I missed it, why was Washington not playing tonight? I know he can't score, but he can pass the ball. Yeah, it's interesting, Daryl, with, with, with Howard. He's not an offensive threat. He's not very good on defense either. Uh, he's a great passer, can facilitate. And I think the reason is simple. Joe was playing so well, he couldn't take him out of the game. Because if you take Joe out, it, Howard can only play the point. He can't play the two. He's a terrible shooter. So I think that's the easy answer to that one. Scott says, why not uh, take the air out tactic at the six-minute mark up six? Yeah, that's always the thing. And, and Shannon mentioned it in the comment a moment ago. This team that's lost leads. They had a 46-30 lead against Wake Forest on Saturday and hung on to win by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. Chin. This, is, this is what this team does. They lose leads. They're not good defensively. And see, the balance here, and I'm going to give you the numbers here. This is the last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. It's the last eight games for Syracuse shooting from the three-point range. Ready? NC State, 3 of 18. Wake Forest, 7 of 21. Duke, 6 of 26. Clemson, 8 of 27. Pittsburgh, 5 of 21. Notre Dame, 8 of 26. Virginia Tech, 6 of 24. Uh, BC is a game they blew out the Eagles, 76-50, and they were 8 of 18 from three-point range there. This is now a consistent pattern. Bayheim mentioned it. By the way, a very quick press conference for Bayheim. Quick opening statement. Only took, what, three questions, Ben? My man Ben Burroughs uh, hanging out, as always, behind the scenes for us here. Uh, you see him pop in once in a while on the uh, the Syracuse.com uh, basketball page if they make a comment. That's our guy Ben behind the scenes. So uh, Bayheim not really in the mood after this one and didn't have anything beyond they have to evaluate Elijah Hughes at this point. A couple more of you asking for Howard Washington Jr. Hello from Florida, Marty. Good to see you. Uh, Jermaine. Checking in, Christian checking in, just couldn't get the shots to fall and tried to dribble through defenders too often. And that was, Jim mentions it here in his comment too, a crucial turnover by Buddy at the end of the game. It was crucial. It, Joe had a crucial turnover when he tried to lob the ball into Jesse Edwards, who again, I think held his own. He picked up a bunch of fouls quick, but Jesse's just not a, a he's not ready to contribute game in and game out, but he's had to the last two games for significant minutes. And I think for the most part, he's been fine. I think Jesse's been, you know, for what he is, 
using his length, defensive plays, getting some rebounds, taking up some space in the zone for, for what he is. I think he's done fine, but he's been forced into action maybe a lot sooner and for more minutes than he would expect. But it wasn't just that one crucial turnover, Jim. Buddy was turning the ball over all night. All night. <laughs> what do I think about the XFL? Uh, I think it's great filler programming for ESPN, ABC, Fox. They put a lot of money behind it. Vince McMahon sunk, what, $500 million into this thing. It's fine. It's filler programming. But you got to play Eric Dungeon. I mean, come on. Dallas Renegades, what are you thinking? That's your guy right there. A little XFL talk on the postgame show tonight. I love it. Uh, Kevin saying Quincy stayed out of dumb situations tonight. Solid night. Promising future. That's the biggest thing, not only to take out of this game, Kevin, but the past few games. You know, Quincy is still kind of a Neil, uh, is, is still kind of a, a bull in a china shop. I saw a Neil comment there. We'll read his comment here in a moment. But he's kind of still a, a bull in a china shop. Tonight, though, you make a great point. Stayed out of bad foul situations. You know, there was a couple of, let's look at his numbers here, shooting-wise. So Quincy was 6 of 12, 4 of 7 from uh, the free-throw line, grabbed 10 rebounds, three of those on the offensive end. He had a few shots where he kind of clears his defender, and then he doesn't know what to do. And defensively, he was much better tonight. He went well into the game without a foul, whereas the pattern with Quincy when he gets big minutes is he's going to foul out. So for him to play 37 minutes and only get one foul is great. But everybody sees it. They like how he plays. He plays hard. Once he rounds out his game and smooths things out, he's just going to be a terrific player. I think we're starting to see some improvement the past few games. Certainly, you see him getting better before our very eyes. Had to help out this team tonight and did it. Uh, that's the biggest thing I take away from this game. Neil says, this one really hurt, Brent. Hughes or no Hughes, still have a chance, but it is tough. The great thing is they have games left that they can turn it around. The positive is that the next few years look very promising. The thought of playing in the NIT, though, ugh. Go Cuse. Neil in SoCal, always an orange faithful. Thanks for checking in, Neil, from SoCalifornia. Uh, Joanne just says, unbelievable loss tonight. Tiffany says, uh, Joe, we can live with, he kept him in the game. Buddy just kept turning the ball over. That is true. They were rattled early on. And I, if I'm NC State, if I'm, now they won the game, but if I'm Kevin Keats, I'm a little uh, miffed at my team that I didn't just pounce on Syracuse when Hughes was out and they knew Hughes was out. They were trying to figure out who was doing what. There was a good five, six-minute stretch there where the game was a lot closer than you thought it would be with Syracuse kind of getting over the shock of losing their best guy, but Gerard stepped up and scored and got the crowd into it. If you're NC State, everybody's stunned that Hughes isn't there. Syracuse isn't playing well. They just couldn't, you know, drive the nail in the coffin right there. They eventually won this thing and shot well from the three and held off a lot of Syracuse rallies and runs by doing that. But uh, it just goes to show you certain teams at a certain level. You know, if that's a Duke of Florida State, a Louisville, some of the better teams Syracuse plays, I think they would have hopped on that quicker. But Credit to Syracuse for finding a way to to kind of tough one out and, and hang in there despite that. But eventually when NC State started hitting their threes, found a little bit of a groove, found how Syracuse was playing without Elijah Hughes, we saw what happened. But, yeah, the turnovers were killer. And it's the points off turnovers. Now, that can be a bit of a deceiving stat at times, but that's pretty telling that points off turnovers, the difference there, 23 for NC State, 12 for Syracuse in this game. And NC State had a bunch of turnovers, 19 turnovers in this game. They only got 12 points off it. That's that's tough right there. But that's missing free – that's not missing free throws, pardon me. That's missing layups. That's turning the ball over and, and kind of wasting some possessions in this game. Mary Ellen saying they just can't seem to finish underneath. 
make a good move and can't make the bucket. They tried hard but just didn't get it done tonight. Uh, Ed noting that uh, Notre Dame's leading Virginia at uh, at halftime right now. Does Cuse need Notre Dame or Virginia to win this one? Boy, you don't want either one of those teams, frankly, because they're both bubble teams. But since Virginia's a little closer to the bubble and Notre Dame is right in the mix with Syracuse there, you kind of want Virginia to win that one because Syracuse, you know, has already done what they're going to do against both Virginia and Notre Dame. So, you want Virginia to kind of stay in the position they're in. You want Notre Dame to drop a little bit. So you want Virginia to win that one. Uh, Brian noting that the Big Ten's going to get 11 teams in the tournament. Maybe four from the ACC. Potentially five if they stretch it out. That That's incredible. Michael says running the table in the ACC tournament's their only shot now. I think you might be right there. Uh, even if they beat Florida State and Louisville. They're just, the resume is just not impressive enough at this point. Mark checking in from Central PA. What's up, Mark? Syracuse left a lot at the rim tonight. Too many easy misses from close range. Can't disagree with that. Uh, Matt's saying they still have a chance to finish 13-7 and seven in the ACC, which gets them in. It will depend on Hughes going forward. 13-7 and seven is doable. It means a road win at Florida State or Louisville. Matt, I don't think that automatically gets them in. I got to be honest with you. It would really help your cause. But this is not one of those years where they're going to look at your ACC record and say, oh, 13 and 7, you're in. Even 13 and 7 with Louisville and Florida State helps. But it's got to be with Louisville and Florida State. And I still think they might have to go a couple deep into the ACC tournament because their non conference schedule is bad and the ACC is bad this year. So you're not going to get as many brownie points as you usually do playing in the ACC. But we'll see. It's a weird bubble, weird things can happen. Uh, Tiffany says, Axe, maybe this game gets Joe in the Jerry Mack run in the ACC tournament. Uh, nice to dream, right? Hey, weirder things have happened, right? That team had a no shot of going into the NCAA tournament unless that happened, and that did happen. Difference is, Tiffany, don't have that Madison Square Garden magic anymore. I don't even know where the ACC tournament is this year. They move it around. It's in Greensboro. It's in Brooklyn. It's in D.C. It's here, there, everywhere. Miss those Big East days for sure in, in that case. Uh, Brian says, uh, where to go? There it is. Brian says, if they beat Florida State or Louisville and run, maybe they're in. So I don't think so. I think you're now in the position you've got to be both. Had they won tonight, I think the either or applies. But I think now you got to be both and hold your own. Don't stub your toe. So as you look down the Syracuse schedule, and I'll do that here while we're uh, yakking about it here, just give me a second to pull it up. So as it stands, they're 14 and 10. They're 7 and 6 in ACC play. Here's what you got left Florida State, Louisville, both huge road wins, quad one opportunities, two best teams in the ACC, along with Duke. So they'll speak for themselves how important they are. Syracuse gets Georgia Tech at home on the 22nd. What's interesting about that game is that, and that may creep up on a quad one win for Syracuse. I don't think it's going to happen, but Georgia Tech is hanging in kind of the 70s right now in the net rankings. They're a pretty bad team. So I don't think it'll end up there, but it's certainly a quad two game for Syracuse. At Pittsburgh, Pitt is also hanging on the line. The, right now, that's a quad one win on the road for Syracuse. We'll see where they are on the 26th. Unfortunately, North Carolina doesn't meet Bupkis anymore. And then you go to BC and Miami, which are just, you know, low-ranked teams that you got to take care of business of finishing on the road two out of three. Three out of four, actually, finishing on the road. At Pitt, home for Carolina, at BC, at Miami. So 13-7. and seven, I don't even know if that's good enough, but they're now in a position where they absolutely have to beat both Florida State 
in Louisville just to be in that conversation. Uh, Joe says, if Elijah's out next game, I would give Bryson some playing time behind Quincy. I still wear an orange in Northern Virginia. More orange fans in D.C. than Georgetown. I believe it, man. I believe it. And I agree with what you're saying there as well, Joe. That's going to be tricky. That Thank you, Christian and Lee, by the way. The ACC tournament back in Greensboro, Jim Beheim's uh, favorite uh, uh, favorite town, right? He likes the Denny's in Greensboro. Uh, Joe, or I'm sorry, Jim says Georgia Tech isn't as bad as I think. They were pretty bad when Syracuse beat them 97-63, but a lot has changed this time around. So, you know, that's a fair point to make. And I don't think it's going to be a quad one game, but it's certainly going to be quad two for Syracuse in that instance. Uh, let's see. Georgia Tech will not be quad one. That's right, Brian. It is a home game. Thank you for reminding me of that. 13-7, and seven, Christopher saying they'll be lucky to be 10-10 and 10 at this point. It's just such a weird year and such a weird bubble, but I'm pretty sure you got to beat both Louisville and Florida State to get in. Hey, I got a, a text from Mike Waters, my SU alert that you should sign up for, by the way, that you get from Mike Waters and Donna DeToda, Chris Carlson, and myself. So let's see what Mike uh, had. From postgame, see if we have an update on Elijah Hughes. The Syracuse star suffered a groin strain in warm-ups before tonight's game against NC State. According to SU trainer Brad Pike, Pike says Hughes is now day-to-day. Syracuse's next game is at Florida State on Saturday. Thank you, Mike Waters, for text alerts, which you should sign up for, Project Text. Syracuse fans out there, one of the great benefits you get of being a subscriber for Syracuse Sports and Syracuse.com. So, day-to-day. Aren't we all, right? We shall see uh, for Saturday and if he can play in a very important game. They're going to need him to beat Florida State. They're going to need him to beat Louisville as well. I'll take an 80% Elijah Hughes over nothing, but groin injuries, high thigh injuries like that, those can be tricky, particularly for mobility, for pushing off, uh, jump shots. So that is not an injury you want to hear about. And as I mentioned, he already had a quad injury. He was wearing a kind of a brace wrap on his lower leg, and now he's got another injury. Suffered in warm-ups tonight, so that's going to be tricky to see how that happens down the stretch. A couple more comments from you guys here. Uh, Greg saying, let's hope Syracuse can win the whole ACC tournament. Going to be tough to do without Elijah Hughes or a banged-up Elijah Hughes and the way they're playing defense. The way you win those tournaments is you got to shoot from three-point range, too. And none of those things are happening for Syracuse now, not to say they can't turn it around by then, but um, that that could be their only hope. Hope is Obi-Wan. The ACC tournament's our only hope. Christopher saying, do you play Hughes at 50% or keep him out? That's a great question. If he can go and he can't make that injury any worse and it's a pain tolerance thing, I play him. You want to be careful with these things. You want to leave it up to the player. You want to be smart about it because, you know, Elijah Hughes is a guy that's thinking about a pro career and I think is all but gone after this season. We'd all love to see him come back next year, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I think he's got that in mind too. You know, He's got to be a little selfish here and think about his pro career as well. You don't want to go out there. I'm not a doctor. I just play one on Facebook Live. But you don't want to go out there if you're going to make an injury worse. But if it's a pain tolerance thing, if Brad Pike says, look, you can't make this any worse, then I think you try and gut through it because they really need him out there. And if I know Elijah Hughes like I think I do, he's going to try and play. He's going to try and get through this one. All right, guys, what do you say we end it there for tonight? Always appreciate you coming by. We'll be right back here Saturday afternoon. Syracuse and Florida State is a noon tip, and uh, this is the season. I mean, they got to beat that team. they got to beat Louisville to stay in what are fading NCAA tournament hopes, but 
That's why they play the games, kids. A lot can still happen for the Orange, particularly in a very weird uh, season. But it's going to be tough to do without Elijah Hughes. We'll see how healthy he is by then. Thanks for coming by. Again, don't forget, we put this on YouTube, Syracuse Orange Sports. It's also a podcast, uh, Syracuse.com podcast, which you get this. You get my Syracuse Sports podcast. You get the Syracuse Football podcast with Stephen Bailey. A bunch of good stuff there. Just sign up on iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcasts, look for Syracuse.com podcasts, and you'll get it there. Look for all of our great coverage from Chris Carlson, Mike Waters. My recap will be up first thing in the morning for you. Thank you so much for coming by. Thanks to my guy, Ben Burrows, of course, behind the scenes. We will talk to you again Saturday after Syracuse takes on Florida State. And once again, thanks to our friends at Krause Health. Have a great rest of your night, great rest of your week. We'll talk to you then, everybody.